Welcome to The Spartan Life, where we explore what it means to be part of the Southern Lehigh family and attempt to cover all of the sweet, sweet goodness that is Southern Lehigh High School in 30 minutes or less. From first-hand coverage of exciting experiences to intimate discussions with some of your favorite teachers to inspirational interviews with diverse students on unique journeys. That's right, great students accomplishing great feats. We'll do our best to hit all of the highlights. But inevitably, we will fail. Because there's so much to celebrate, we're afraid your brains would simply melt if we tried to cover it all. We are your hosts. I'm Mr. Howe. And I'm Mr. Castagna. Join us as we venture into the heart of Southern Lehigh High School, one interaction at a time on The The Spartan Spartan Life. Mr. Howe, have I told you we were going to talk to the driver, the builder, the treasurer, the buttons, and the safety captain... What would you think the topic of today's podcast would be? Mythology of the Matrix. Ooh, good guess, but I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Oh, National Treasure? No, still wrong. Uh, Getting colder. We're just going to move on. No, on today's episode, we attempt to answer the immortal question, what is robotics? We are giving everybody a robotics-centric episode right before the robotics team leaves for worlds. That's a great idea. I hope that all our listeners will enjoy what we have brought to the table today. We're going to move right along because we got a lot of content for you. Last episode's trivia question was, what band did Lorne Michaels offer $3,000 to reunite on his show? Did you know this one, Mr. Howe? I had no clue. $3,000 had to be an earlier band, so I'm going to guess maybe The Who. Oh, you got the right era, wrong band. It is a paltry sum, but not because of the time period. That was actually the punchline of the skit. Uh, I thought it was a pretty well-known piece of music trivia, uh, but what I like about it is that you had to know more than one thing to get it right. You had to know what Lorne Michaels' show is. You know that, right, Mr. That's SNL. Absolutely. Saturday Night Live. So then you had to take that information, and you had to know about the time he opened an episode of... Saturday Night Live with the offer I mentioned in the question. A comically low, that was the punchline of the skit, $3,000 for the Beatles. You know, that was my first thought. On the show. That was my first thought, but I thought $3,000 way too cheap to get the four of those guys back together, so I threw that out immediately. Well, he did follow it up with some jokes about the amount being less than $1,000 per band member, but maybe they could just give less to Ringo. It's <laughs> pretty funny. You can probably look it up on YouTube. Uh, But anyway, Sarah Jacobson knew the answer, and she earned herself a point of extra credit in AP English. On to robotics. In order to maximize our coverage of the successful season that has qualified them for Worlds... That's right, we want to give them something to listen to on their eight-hour van ride to Detroit tomorrow morning. We're going to minimize our presence in the episode and let those associated with the robotics team, the advisors, the team members, tell the story themselves. First up, you'll hear from Audrey Miller, the team's treasurer. This year was my first year, and I honestly wish I began so much sooner. Like, I didn't think, I was like, oh, there's no girls on the team. Like, I'm not going to have any friends. Like, this is just going to be, like, a waste of my time. It was honestly, like, the best experience I've had throughout high school. Then, we'll check in with Alex Erie, Tasso Rubino, and Brandon Mayung, all team members who fulfill unique roles. It's multifaceted. There's a lot more things you can do than being a coder or building. We have a business sector, media. If you just like to be a photographer, you can join the team. And finally, we've put together an oral history of the team's epic event at Lehigh. 
Though I attended that event, it proved far too noisy to actually record any content while I was there. So I caught up with those who lived it after the fact and will let them recount the details in their own words. And as our meltdown on Friday was happening, we were all having deja vu of, oh no, this is last year all over again. I know I was even saying it. We're also going to attempt to answer what proved to be a very challenging question. What is robotics? All throughout this episode. What is robotics? This is really corny, but robotics is a family. So, in the words of one cinematic robot, come with us if you want to live. What is robotics? That's a really challenging question to answer. I think the best way to define it is a competition where students gather uh, and they compete in STEM events with robots that they build uh, and they battle with alliances of three teams versus three teams to do various um, different challenges, different games every year. Your role is unique on the team. Why don't you tell us about that? What do you do on the robotics team? So I am technically treasurer, so that means I handle a bunch of the business things. So I've worked with a couple students on outreach, and we outreach to different sponsors and companies. And we've even gone to like our mentors company and seen what they do. And then in return, we showed them what we do. And we got like sponsorship money for that. And they actually come to the competitions to support us. Um, I worked together this year. I went and I took the business plan from being like a couple sheets on a Word document to being a whole book. I put together like all these different sections that we showed the judges. Um, along with a couple other students and we even reached out to Christmas City and we got a sponsorship from them and in return they printed out like our books and we could even use those at the competitions to show the judges. There's an entrepreneurship award that you can win at the competitions because at the end of the competition they have all these different awards for who's best safety. So this year we won safety twice at Westtown and Seneca. We were runners up. So um, safety presents to the judges, business presents presents to the judges. The uh, business plan that you developed, so the scoring that you would get for your business plan is separate from the scoring in the actual game. Yes, yeah, so if you win an award, it counts in um, like to your final score. So basically, you go through qualification matches. The game, well, the competition's kind of split into two. There's qualification matches where if you go to a smaller competition, there might be like 80 matches or 100 some. And so at Lehigh, there was 120 qualification matches. So it's a randomized schedule and you get paired up and you're with three teams and you compete against three teams and three teams equals like an alliance so in the end you just have to play as well as you can earn as many ranking points because ranking points helps you in the end when it comes to like rankings for worlds rankings for qualifying everything like that the game split up into like alliances then so you qualify and if you're in the top eight teams then you get to pick you're the captain to pick um like two other teams to join you and then you form an alliance in like the alliance round at the end and so that's like the semifinals the quarterfinals and each time at our competitions we've like competed and we've gotten into the alliance selection and two times we were captains and the last final time at lehigh we got selected and we lost unfortunately in the quarterfinals but um all the points like count up and add up higher but um it like at the end when uh when we were looking to see if we qualified for worlds if a team under us like was really close by points and got like an award and we didn't they could have qualified for worlds and we could have just dropped down and we might not have been able to go to worlds so if i got an entrepreneur uh, 
on English entrepreneurship award, then we could have qualified like even higher. But awards do rank in in the end, so they get you somewhere. Okay, uh, I was at Lehigh. We're gonna do more with the Lehigh experience later in the episode. Uh, but I noticed that you kind of play a different role. Like you're not a treasurer or a business manager at the event. How would you describe your role at a robotics competition? My role is to get everyone in the stands excited. That's what I saw. (laughs) I was a few rows above you talking with Piperato and Zacher. And uh, people who have never been to a robotics competition, it's like fast-paced. It's noisy. There's music playing. It's fun. It's like WWE meets NASCAR, like that kind of energy or like a demolition derby or monster trucks. And every two or three minutes, there's a new competition. So it's yeah. easy to lose track of who's competing when. So I'm talking to Piperato, I'm talking to Zacher, and all of a sudden, Audrey turns around and gets like this super serious look on her face, and she's like waving everybody to their feet, and everybody stands up and starts cheering, and I was like, she's the boss. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the kids need like a little booster when it comes to cheering because they're all in like their little shell, and robotics is actually like a great way to break people out of their shell and I've gotten so many kids like to volunteer like by the end of Lehigh so many of them like came forward and like led chants and like when your team's competing you want the driver to hear like all the way down in the field to give them like a little more hype and then when they announce the score at the end of the match so you're not 100% sure because you, you can see the score live as the teams are competing but then there are different penalties that can yeah. be added on and, and then, so the score will change yeah if you get onto the, like the habitat that scoring goes on and like the ranking points so you need to like see where you are and so it's like crazy like the different things that change when they show it there's like a, so the match ends there's like a minute minute and a half delay and they show on the big screen there's a red rocket and a blue rocket and whichever mm-hmm. one takes off first that's how you know if it was the red or the blue team yeah. that won and then there's a breakdown of the score which was which was really cool. So it sounds like people join robotics for different reasons and mm-hmm. they each bring something a little different to the team. Yeah. You've got the build team, you've got the driver, you've got the person, the treasurer, you've got the uh, the safety captain. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't forget like about the coders. They're like Oh, the coders, right? You have people who are writing code to literally make a robot work. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, but it made me wonder if people come to robotics first and then figure out what they're going to do or if you bring a specific skill to robotics. So mm-hmm. did you have a background in business? Were you a strong business student first and you looked around for ways to apply that? Did you know people who are in robotics and you kind of wanted to get involved but you can't build robots so you thought, I'll try the business stuff? How did you get involved in robotics? So I was friends with some students who were on the team, and I went to take pictures for yearbook, and Mr. Zacher, like, I found some interest in it, so I went back to another, like, meeting that they had, and Mr. Zacher was like, okay, so our treasurer, like, is no longer treasurer. Like, would you mind, like, working with me to do a couple things? And I was like, sure, sure, like, I could do a couple things. And then it started from, like, the bottom, and then we worked on, like, a couple activities. We start forming the business plan. We had, like, our business this mentor Marcy who came in and like helped us with some stuff and it turned into a book so it went from like nothing to like something huge so how difficult was that for you to pick up and and have never been the treasurer of the robotics club before now all of a sudden here Audrey you're in charge um it honestly wasn't that hard like just once I got like kind of like what I was supposed to do and everything that I needed then I just kind of like went off with it 
So Mr. Zachary got me the information I needed to like put in the business plan, and like I got my own information. I like worked with Mr. Gogler to get like some of his information from like the past years when he was like one of the lead coaches. Um, I worked with like the mentors and got like what they thought about like the team, and I got their information for how many like. I did like a gender ratio, so I started like back from the beginning and saw like how many girls were like who like were on the team in the beginning to like now and like how the numbers have changed over the years and how there's only like 22 students on the team like when it first started and like it fluctuated, but now it, we're up to 58 students. Did you have a background in business? Had you taken business classes? Were you interested in that sort of thing? No, like I, I can't do business. I, I don't know math. Mr. Hop knows <laughs> You did all right. <laughs> I can't. I, I mean, need math. <laughs> I mean, I, people can't see this. It's an audio-only podcast. But the business plan you created, it's a very impressive document. It's yeah. glossy. Uh, it's thick. How many pages? Uh, ooh, it's like 29. Yeah. And that's it's like, like dense, detail, a lot of analysis, a lot of numbers oh, crunching. Yeah. It's really impressive. Uh, so no interest in pursuing that? When you go off to college, you're not going to study business? No. Like, I want to go to school for nursing, but maybe, like, hospital business stuff. Okay. Maybe the hospital will need a business plan, and I can take pictures and put it together. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, it's strange, uh, people who are very good at sports in high school will try to pursue it in college and mm-hmm. even beyond. And it's something that even if you don't, you can like, you know, if you if you like being on the basketball team and you go to college and you're not playing basketball in college, you know, you can join a, a league, you know, with some guys outside of school and mm-hmm. you can stick with your sport. What do you do with robotics after high school? So you can come back and mentor, which is something I'm planning on doing. I'm going to college locally. And one of our lead mentors, Eric, he went to Southern Lehigh. He finished through Southern Lehigh. That's Eric Knauss? Knauss, yeah. Knauss, how I Yeah, okay. So he went to, like, Southern Lehigh, and he was on the robotics team and everything. And then he came back to mentor, and now he has, like, a full-time job. And every day you see him at school, and he helps out the team so much. Is he, like, an engineer in his Yeah. Career? He is. Okay, so. He's, he went into a field related Yeah, to he's a lead engineer at Reliable Equipment. Okay. Cool. I, just, I could picture somebody, like, you know, breaking rocks for a living. <laughs> and, then like, when the whistle blows, you take off the helmet, you put on the safety goggles and go to robotics, and you're like, this is my passion. <laughs> but what are your expectations for Worlds now? Uh, worlds are in Detroit? Yeah, Detroit. Okay. What are you so, expecting? Um, I don't know what to expect, honestly. Like, I've heard past students, like, say how crazy Worlds is. They had, like, a preview video before they announced, like, who qualified and can go. And it's just, like, so cool. They have so many seminars for, like, different things. So I know, like, uh, Palisades, they have a team, and they're actually doing, like, a business seminar. So I'm going to get, like, myself and, like, some of the other students who are on the business team to, like, try to go and, like, see what they do and maybe get some ideas from them. I know, like, you'll be able to see, like, all the other robots, see, like, maybe what we could have done better, like, what to think about for next year, like, even though it's going to be a different, completely different, like, playing field. Um, Literally. The game literally changed. It's kind of like... You can train for baseball, but every year, like, the field's going to be a different shape. Mm -hmm. You might not be hitting a ball. Maybe it'll be a square. (laughs) Maybe you won't be hitting it with a bat this year. Maybe it's something else that you'll have to bring to the game. It's very unlike any other activity. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping to go and see like some flamethrowers. <laughs> that would be amazing. So you haven't been to Worlds because we we've gone no. twice, right? Mm-hmm. But you weren't part of the team. Then. I was not part of the team. Like this year was my first year, and I honestly wish I began so much sooner. Like I didn't think I was like, oh, there's no girls on the team. Like I'm not gonna have any friends. Like this is just gonna be like a waste of my time. It was honestly like the best experience I've had throughout high school. That might be a good place to close. Why should somebody? An underclassman who's listening to this, come out and join the robotics team. You, you don't even have to like know engineering. You don't have to know anything. You just have to go, and you'll find a spot. You'll be you'll you can try everything. You can try wiring. You can try coding, and you'll fi- somehow like fall into place somewhere. Like I was like, I don't know business. Like I don't know math. But you know what? Like I fell into place because I could design the business plan and like put it all together and like find out the information. And so like. Everyone should just join. (laughs) And I think that's a good point. I think that when people think about the robotics team, they're thinking about building a robot, programming a robot, and they're not thinking about all of the other facets that are involved in creating that team. Oh, yeah. So I think you did a good job of plugging that. All right. Thanks for joining us, and good luck at Worlds. Thank you. (laughs) What is robotics? So robotics, to me, um, is basically real-life problem-solving. It's the students learning how to problem-solve in a real-world environment. Um, The environment that we participate in in the competitions is called FIRST, uh, for Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology. Um, Essentially, it's the whole spectrum of business planning, figuring out how to solve problems, using your resources that you have available. Um, students are tasked with you know, using the math and science skills they learn in school to be able to apply them to something directly um, and have a lot of fun as well. So we're here with Brandon Mayung. Hello. Tazo Rubino. Heyo. And Alex Eri. How's it going? We already spoke with Audrey Miller about her unique role on the team, but there are so many different roles and they are all unique. So why don't you each tell us what you do for the robotics team. Brent? Um, I'm the president currently of the robotics team. So uh, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I oversee everyone um, from coding to wiring to administrative tasks uh, to building the robot. Tasso? Uh, so uh, I do a couple different things on the team. I deal with uh, some media, so I take like photos, uh, videotape stuff at competitions, put together vlogs, which everyone should go watch. Uh, look up Team 834. They're, They're really good. We'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> um, I also deal with uh, scouting and strategy, so I look over other robots at the competition, uh, you know, rank them, deem how good they are, and uh, use that for playoffs. And Alex? Um, I'm the driver for the team, so when we actually compete uh, via robot to robot, I drive the robots in, the, uh, in that competitive... When I went to Lehigh, <laughs> I, I thought maybe that was the most interesting role anybody could have on the team that you're almost like playing a video game basically i mean i'm using a video game controller not me and joysticks so that's how we control the robot so for anybody who has never been to a robotics competition which is probably most of our listeners he's basically driving like a remote control car except it's a robot that they built they also constructed all of the wiring and all of the coding that goes into making that signaling from the controls to the robot actually work. I mean, it is truly something you guys put together from the ground up, which is really fascinating. Now, when you have a role like the driver, do you come to robotics because you want to be a part of the robotics team, or are you particularly good at video games, or you have an interest in remote control cars, and they kind of come to you and say, hey, we're looking for a driver, why don't you join us? How does that work? 
Um, I love being on the team, and I kind of just got into it freshman year just by knowing people who were on the team previously. And that, I mean, just enjoying just enjoying robotics itself is what brings me back, but definitely additionally getting to drive the robot is a lot more fun. How did you become the driver? I'm sure there are other guys who'd be interested in driving the robot. Why is it you? So my freshman year, I came in, and there was already a driver. We had Mike Simino. I don't know if you ever had I remember him. Mike, yeah, yeah, sure. Mike Simino was the driver, and we had tryouts at the beginning of the year. And I got a faster time than he did by a lot, actually, which I wasn't expecting. But What's a lot? I think... Seconds? Minutes? Well, yeah, in matters of seconds, but like six, seven plus seconds. That's a big deal. It, it's yeah. a pretty big deal. What does, uh, what does a tryout look like? What do they have you do? So basically, um, we've kind of redesigned how the tryouts work since then. But when I came onto the team, we just had cones. And it was just like, it got set up in the lobby right outside the nurse's office. And you had to drive and do the course without hitting any cones as fast as you could. Now, in a competition, the robot's doing other things as well. It's reaching up, it's grabbing things, it's placing things. Are you controlling all of that during the competition? No. So in addition to me, there's also someone who controls buttons. And they have an Xbox controller. And basically, they're in charge, or not in charge, but they're responsible for making everything else move. My role is basically just the drivetrain itself. Literally just driving. Literally just driving. Okay. How do they decide who's working? And you said an Xbox, an actual Xbox yeah, controller. Actual, yeah, yeah. That's that's so nerdy and so cool all at the same time. Like I want to do that. I want to. I want to know why they chose the Xbox and not like yeah, a PlayStation or the the Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, you, you know? can go retro. Well, yeah, there's there's retro. teams that do have. Like, they'll use PS4 controllers. Some people don't even have joysticks. You can really make it however you want. It's all up to coding. So if you wanted to be on two Xbox controllers or one Xbox controller, if you wanted to do it with a keyboard, you could. So who works those controls for your team? Um, Andrew Trackham is the buttons. So the he's buttons. The buttons, yeah, yes. Again, yeah. so nerdy and so cool <laughs> at the same time. Now, now, Brandon, you're in charge of the actual programming that goes into the robot itself, correct? Um, I'm not really technically in charge. Um, our lead programmer is Will Cravino, but I oversee um, how they do everything. Okay. So, um, so so, talk to me about that process of how you take these these movements and, and the problem that the robotics team has to overcome, and, and you take the, the task that the robot has to perform and turn that into coding. What's that process like? So every year we get a new game, um, and then we strategize, we figure out how we want to play it, we design our robot, um, and then the programmers take that and we work, work together, um, break it down into different subsystems. Um, so like, say we have an arm on the robot that needs to move. So the build team goes, all right, we'll attach some motors here, and then the coding team goes, all right, we should put some sensors on it so we know like its position, and then it kind of just all comes together. So, so a lot of math involved in that. Yeah. Right. So is that how you got involved in the robotics team, or was it robotics first, and then you found a fit within the team, or did you bring this expertise to the team specifically? Um, from when I was a little kid, I remember I went to Coopersburg Community Day, and the robotics team was set up, and then ever since I knew about like robotics and that there was a team, I always wanted to join and couldn't wait. Um, like My whole life, I was like the tech wizard, as everyone sees me as. Um, so then I joined the team. Freshman year, I kind of did, kind of experienced a little bit of everything. I did more of the building and more of that. Um, then sophomore year, I was secretary, um, but I also did building. I did a little bit of coding as well um, and wiring. 
and then junior year I was vice president, and then senior year I'm president now. Tasso, your skill set. Did you come to robotics first and then apply that skill set, or did you have particular skills and think, wow, I could really apply these to robotics? Well, the Rubino's existence on the robotics team is kind of a little bit of a legacy. So it started with my brother, who was similar to kind of like what Brandon, he was just really interested in it, ended up joining, and then uh, honestly me, my little sister, and then hopefully my little brother eventually when he comes up, we've all kind of just been dragged into it from going to competitions and watching them. Um, so then I eventually I joined the team, kind of not knowing at all what I would do. Um, I did a little bit of building. Most most freshmen do usually a little bit. They do building, and then when it comes to competition, scouting. And then um, from freshman year to pretty much uh, sophomore and then junior year, I discovered that I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed scouting, and I, I was really good at analyzing all the data we got from the robots and looking over stuff. Um, and so I ended, up, I ended up taking on and dealing with that and just directing uh, scouting. And so, like, I use... I don't, I don't know what kind of skill set, like analytical skill set, I guess. Can you walk us through a season? Like, what does the season start with? And then there's the six-week build, and then you start competitions, and then you've got Lehigh, and you hope to qualify for Worlds. So how does the season start? And then just take us through it. So first is kickoff. Um, the first Saturday in January, is we have a live streaming event with all the other teams in the, in the world, um, over 95 countries. So then they have a 3D like game animation that they show us, and they walk us through it, and it's like, here's the field, this is how you score points, this is what your robot needs to do. So this year was a deep space theme, so we have um, field elements that are like the rocket and the cargo ship, and you need to grab hatches and cargo um, to put on the, the rockets. Um, so after that, we start analyzing the game, what we want to do, what we think we should do, um, and prioritizing. Then the next day, we start um, brainstorming ideas, coming up with different designs. Um, what we so want to based on that announcement, that. you decide uh, what kind of robot you need to build to be successful. Yeah. Okay. Do they give you any kind of blueprints or rough outline or suggestions of what it should be? So there's no kit. There's no nothing. There's only a rules packet, and it says. Your robot can or cannot do this. Um, basically, like guidelines, like your robot needs to be within uh, this size. Do you like go to Home Depot and pick out robot parts? Where do you get this stuff? So, basically, we have we pre-order um, some raw materials. So one of the big websites, McMaster Car, they have like all the um, aluminum extrusion um, bolts, um, basically anything in like real world, like. Um, robotic surgery um there's they're implement they're implementing a lot of in manufacturing jobs robotics is pretty much going to out overtake everything so any job that becomes automated and is yeah. done by a machine and those are the kinds of yeah. the kinds of parts that go into that are the kinds of parts you're using on your robot yeah okay so you come up with the design you order the parts and then how long does it take you to build this thing so after that um the first saturday of kickoff the timer starts, and you have, we have six weeks to build the robot. And then at stop build day, um, like the last week in February, it's everyone has to stop. You put your robot in a bag, and then you zip tie it shut with a number, and then you log it so that you can no longer touch your robot. So you, so during the six-week build, you're also practicing with the robot, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then once the six weeks is up, you can't practice anymore. Your strategy is what it is. You have as much experience as you can have, and you're done. 
We yep. typically well, we typically make two robots. So we'll have a practice bot and the competition bot, basically getting built at the same time, so that we can practice with the practice one and really focus on the um, yeah the design of the basically other one. the practice bot's usually made out of we use cheap we'll use like cardboard and stuff. We won't use like you know everything that we put on the competition bot. Uh, we we just um, we use it basically for like Alex said testing and practicing driving the robot because that's a big thing he needs time to practice with it and you know every robot feels different depending on how heavy it is if it's tall or short um, on top of that we also use that it's a good it's a good time like when we're putting it all together we can be like okay this mechanism we thought would work doesn't work now we can rethink it and before we put the entire final robot together we can add. Uh, and modify it, so it's it's a good it's it's just a prototype that really helps us out. So you you put the robot in the bag, you zip tied it shut, and then what you you sit it in the room, you ship it off someplace. Where does it go? It stays it stays here till we go to a competition. So um, after build season ends, they uh, they start competitions based on weeks. So the first week is week one, week two, week three. So we'll schedule, there's a couple competitions each week and teams will choose which ones they want to go to. You choose two. So we did week, was it three? We do week two and four. Week two and four. Um, so give us a break in between just in case something happens we need to fix. So we have that one week uh, or the two weeks in between really. Um, so basically it sits in the room in the bag. Um, we do get like six hours to take it out, right? You get six hours. Um, the week of your competition before you have to go. So like I said, we have to load in on Friday. So starting that Sunday, we have or that seven-day period um, to work on the robot outside the bag for six hours. Total. Total. Six hours total. Yeah. So yeah. Who, who's holding you accountable for all of this? Like you put it in a bag. Who's checking to make sure it doesn't come out of the bag? It's really self, self-regulated. self the honor system? It's really an honor system. I mean, they system, have the, yeah. the zip ties that are labeled and you log it. So like they see that you wrote down and had this zip tie on and they can see that you have that on because, you know, you rip it off. You can't put it back on. You have to put a new one on. Um, so there's a little bit of check, but it's mostly honor system because, um, you know, you could just never really bag the there's, robot. There's teams that have like put kids inside the bag with the robot wow <laughs> to work on it i don't know that that's the cleverest way to cheat but uh they'll have they'll leave, they'll leave like the wires coming out so that they can keep working on like the programming but it's or something. technically in the bag yeah, yeah there's it's that's there's, all there's not a lot cheeky moves it's got some yeah. it's so got to get the impression <laughs> that some teams the are honor system the honor doesn't system. always work no. but that just means they're not <laughs> as good they are they're rushing to finish so you go through the competition um Lehigh is just one competition among many, or do you have to qualify for Lehigh? You have to qualify for it. Lehigh is the district. So we have a, a district system that um, our like district is uh, called MAR. So it's the Mid-Atlantic region. That's um, Pennsylvania, uh, Delaware, New Jersey, and I. Th- teams from New York? I think there's some teams from New York. They might be on. There might be a couple. There's a couple. So it's basically the, the, the Mid-Atlantic area. And so, you know, you have, like we said, those six weeks where they have couple district competitions every weekend you teams choose um you go to those and you want to win or score really high because then that adds to your overall ranking so however far you get to in the competition gets you more points and then awards on top of that if you win awards at the end of the competition those all add up into an overall district ranking and you need to be in the top basically 60 in all of mar to get into Lehigh, which is the district champs, and then that basically is the same system for going to Worlds. You need to get as far as you can in Lehigh to score as many points as you can, and point values, I believe, are triple, too, so getting awards are worth more at Lehigh, 
your overall goal then is to boost your ranking. So it's basically a system of get as far as you can in every competition to get to the next, and then you want to get as far as you can there to go uh, to Worlds. Uh, okay, so that brings us to Worlds. What are your hopes and expectations for the competition at Worlds? We- to win. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You guys have been to Worlds twice. Yes. Okay. And how did we do at Worlds the two times we went? We did pretty good our freshman and sophomore year, but you have to understand when you go to Worlds, you went to Lehigh. There's one field at Lehigh. At Worlds, there's nine. Wow. In a huge. But the one field was incredibly hard to like <laughs> keep your eyes on. There's so much going on. And it's every region competing on every field. So the best of the best for each region on each field. Worlds, it's the best in yeah. the world. Oh yeah, and then it breaks down even further. So whoever wins on one field versus someone who wins on another field, and that's the best in the district versus the best in the district, and it wow. just boils down. So we can usually do pretty good in our district, but. Beyond that, it's when you when you get to there. I mean, Lehigh itself is challenging. You know, seeing how we perform at Lehigh, you look at our placing and then look at our district competition and be like, oh, you got, you know, you know, twentieth at Lehigh, but you got, you know, second at what happened. It just now you're just you're getting rid of the people who just aren't as good, and you're just now you're at Worlds and everyone is really really good. Like you know, they're at least if we say we're good, they're at least as good as us or better. So it, it's hard. Um, I mean, we meant we made it to semifinals in our division at Worlds um, two years ago, so our sophomore year, so 2017, yeah, 2017, we made it to uh, the semifinals, which, I mean, that just getting there was was, was pretty hard. I mean, it, it's a hard competition. Well, thanks for explaining all that to us, and best of luck at Worlds, guys. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Need it. What is robotics? Robotics is a club that anyone can join, and basically you learn in the beginning of the year and the season like what the game is. So each year there's a new game or theme that you have to build a robot to be able to fulfill the task of the game or theme. So this year it's called Destination Deep Space, and you have to design a robot that can apply hatch panels, put the balls in like the little chutes, and then climb to onto their habitat. And you earn points, and then you add those points up in the competitions, and there's a whole bunch of math that goes behind it, but you don't need to know math to join robotics. You can just join to do something. Like There's all different positions that allow students to just join and kind of like be a part of something that you never thought you could be a part of. Competition at Lehigh was absolute roller coaster. All right, so Wednesday after school, um, we gather all of our um, uh, tools from the workshop and our robot. We go, load it into a truck, and we head on down to Stabler Arena um, where we unload our robot and our what they call the pits. Robotics team president, Brandon Myung. We set everything up, we leave that night, and we come back uh, bright and early Thursday morning. During Thursday, uh, there's it's robot inspection. Uh, all the robots have to be weighed and inspected that they all meet uh, and follow the rules. Uh, we actually went, when we went to uh, for inspection, we weighed the robot. Our robot was 125 pounds exactly, which is the weight limit. There's not much you do on like the first day, especially with safety. Robotics team safety captain, Stephanie Rubino. Because judges um, normally come around on Friday and Saturday for Lehigh. So Thursday, you kind of just make sure that everything is like properly set up and your team 
isn't doing anything unsafe because they will walk around and get in trouble. But um, there's a couple meetings that you get to attend and they, safety judges will like give you a couple tips at those meetings of what they'd like to see uh, your team do on the safety aspect and stuff like that. So. After that, um, there's like a driver's meeting on the field uh, before opening ceremonies. It's they, typically the same thing. We've already been in two competitions prior to that. Robotics team driver, Alex Erie. So it's typically the same stuff being reiterated, just about the rules and how to play properly. And then after that, qualification matches start, and there's 120 qualification matches. So the computer automatically generates the match schedule. Qualifications are random. Robotics team scout, Tasso Rubino. So it just takes three robots, puts them together against three robots, just randomly, and it just tries to get you playing with against every team and with every team at least once. Um, when those qualifications are done, the top eight teams are Lions captains. They choose who they want to take with them to the finals. It's a randomized schedule, and you get paired up, and you're with three teams, and you compete against three teams. And three teams equals, like, an alliance. Robotics team treasurer, Audrey Miller. So, in the end, you just have to play as well as you can, earn as many ranking points, because ranking points helps you in the end when it comes to, like, rankings for worlds, rankings for qualifying, everything like that. Thursday, uh, we killed it. Did a really, really nice job. We had uh, the morning call come and feature us in an awesome article. Robotics team advisor, Mr. Piperado. Thursday was really good. After Thursday, we ended, after qualifying matches, we were in second place uh, out of 60 teams. So we did absolutely amazing um, on Thursday. However, Friday, we had, what was it, six more matches? Lost every single one. The team that won Lehigh had uh, bad, uh, one of their competitions, they had bad uh, qualification matches, absolute just terrible lines partners, but they were really good, and the teams that ended up getting in the top eight chose them, and they ended up going and winning the competition, and then they came to Lehigh. That's why we do scouting, because qualification matches, you can't just go and be like, well, they lost all their qualifications, they're a terrible team. You gotta look at what the individual robot can do, because if they can you know, work well with you, or just supplement your team, it's very important to have them. They could be in 59th place, but might still be one of the best robots in the arena. Basically, we, we do the best we can do, but sometimes when you're getting paired randomly with other, other robots, sometimes not everyone, can, not everyone can complete the tasks as they need to be completed you know, in order to beat the other team. So Erie's another person that I want to mention because he just cool, calm, and collective throughout the whole process, even on that losing streak. He would be consistent, go back, play a little Minecraft, and then uh, get back to it. And, you know, nothing, nothing ever phased him. He just was, was a beast all the way through. On, after four years, I've just seen that like going into a match, pretty much anything can happen. You can think you're set to win, and maybe you will win, or maybe you might lose horribly. Something might break, someone else might break, you might lose connection. There's just a menagerie of things that could go wrong in a match and throw it the total other way, so you just have to be ready for anything, basically. My role is to get everyone in the stands excited. So a lot of the kids need like a little booster when it comes to cheering because they're all in like their little shell and robotics is actually like a great way to break people out of their shell and I've gotten so many kids like to volunteer like by the end of Lehigh so many of them like came forward and like led chants 
And like when your team's competing, you want the driver to hear like all the way down in the field to give them like a little more hype. I try to like cheer like all during matches when everyone like right at the end of the match, I'll like scream people's names and we'll do we do a bunch of like cheers like um, like team cheers will be like I say spar you say text and we'll just try to be loud because sometimes that makes them like it make everyone smile and it kind of kind of tries lifts up their mood a little bit, makes them happier. So another unique thing about the robotics competitions is sometimes if a field element breaks or they need like a little bit of time, they'll play like the Macarena or something. And so Andrew Trackham will always be down on the field or in the pits and he'll do the Macarena. Oh, of course. I always do the Macarena. All right, I think Andrew sees the world differently. I think he sees it through like a track vision, I like to call it. That's just how he sees everything. Well, you see, I have this amazing ability to just blow Tasso's mind at any moment. So basically what happens is I'm just here minding my own business, and then something happens. I just kind of start talking, and it just keeps going and going, and it evolves until I've created something that most people cannot even begin to interpret. After Friday, I think we ended up being in like 25th to 30th place, somewhere in that range. Uh, so it was a big drop from second all the way down there. But la last year, uh, we were devastated because a similar thing happened where we had a very successful regular season similar to this. We won Seneca last year. We won Seneca this year. Uh, Semi-finalist at West Town last year. We were semi-finalist at West Towns this year. And as our meltdown on Friday was happening, we were all having deja vu of, oh no, this is last year all over again. I know I was even saying it match schedule wasn't very fortunate uh, for us that day so we could only look to the next day um, we knew other teams definitely saw uh, our robot and how well it performed um, there's a couple teams that you know they would always come over and talk to us throughout the day and they're like hey you guys are like doing like really well like tell me about your robot and all that kind of stuff so then looking for on Friday night it was all right so Saturday morning we got to go around we got to start talking to all the higher teams that are going to be in the line selection so they know what we can do how we can pair up with them and uh, why they should pick us and then Saturday we finished up some we finished strong okay we won our last match maybe our last two I, I don't recall but we, we ended up finishing I mean like the 20s 20 I think 21st or 22nd um, officially so we ended up there and then for alliance selections we were selected by the seventh alliance so um, we were the the seventh alliance we had to face the second alliance um, unfortunately we were eliminated in the quarterfinals quarterfinals matches two or well matches one and two because we lost both of them back to back basically what happened was the robot there's this team called 747 and they have, they have a Neo drivetrain. It's probably one of the strongest ones you can have um, in terms of power and pushing power. So basically, they came over to defend, and I was scoring, and they kind of just like pushed the robot on the side. And basically, the weight of the robot sliding across the tread pushed the tread off the track. And once that happens, the robot can't move anymore. It's really frustrating because it's stuck and like there's nothing you can do. However, the good news is we were placed high enough, we were picked, which got us extra points towards districts, and then when the, the big, long, confusing process of who deciding who gets to go to world, when that decision came out, we were um, the second to last team, but we were one of the teams in the field, so we were able uh, to qualify for worlds, and now we're going out to Detroit the Tuesday after uh, Easter. Our president, Brandon Mayong, you know, kind of 
even picked me up and said, Mr. Pip, we got this. We're good. Like, you know, I'm confident. I'm confident. And that allowed us to finish off strong the last two matches um, and then end up getting selected and, and against all odds making it to Worlds and not having another meltdown. So I think just the senior leadership in general uh, kind of held everybody together. But I'm sitting there and it's like, all right, finals end. They're doing the, you know, putting in the points, updating the teams. And we just sitting there. We sat there for a good 20 minutes you know, just waiting for them to put it on the screen and, like, finish it. And then we're just sitting there, like, are we going? Like, and then we, like, start looking at the rankings of other teams and, like, trying to speculate whether we made it or not. And then we're, like, really nervous. And then at that point, I was just so tired. I was... It was that, like, moment where it was just, like, all right, and the teams are. And then the second line comes up, 8.34, and then that was... That was it. The whole arena got really loud. It was, like, we were screaming. It was... It was a fun time. What is robotics? Literally a small business. So there it is. Hopefully you've got a better idea what robotics is and why you should maybe consider going out for the team. Hey, wait a minute, Mr. Castagna. Aren't we forgetting something? Oh, yeah, trivia. Well, that's an easy one. What cinematic robot did I quote at the top of this episode? If you think you know the answer, you must be the first person to respond at slspartanlife at slsd.org. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media accounts at slspartanlife. Next time, we'll interview a pair of standouts from this year's girls' basketball team. I just try to not even think about what could have been and just think about all the things that we did accomplish. Chat with a math teacher who isn't known for math. Matt Greenwald, middle initial A, (laughs) math teacher. Kutztown, you. And revisit the Mr. Spartan competition with an oral history guaranteed to make you feel like you were there. Uh, because I know Alex Isette is a stud, uh, but he did happen to have some fake, a fake muscle shirt on, uh, which made his abs look amazing from a distance. And as you get up close, you can tell that it was the shirt that made the abs look so good because we know he doesn't have really any muscles. But Oh, and seniors, if you're listening to this on Monday night, only 25 class days left. Now, why would you do that? Brandon, what is robotics? It's the hardest fun you'll ever have. All right, everybody just talk a little bit. Check some levels. I will talk first, and we'll see if this (laughs) picks up. I will talk second. (laughs) There we go. I guess I will be the one going third. And now? I suppose I would be fifth in the sequence. (laughs) (laughs) 